Next up on an all-new Rick and Rick. Singles Day racks up $1 billion in sales in its first 60 seconds. From OK Boomer to Arson Frog, it's a meme war between boomers and Gen Z. Why Twinkies are coming to a breakfast bowl near you. And tis the season for Pringles turducken. <laughs> Plus a hefty side of loaded questions and a whole lot more. And it all starts right here, right now. On the one show where everybody loves a swift rick to the head. <laughs> and everybody rules the world. Hey, welcome everyone. This is Rick and Rick Rule the World. I am Rick Matheson, and I am joined, as always, by Kakmokajikohoji. Rick Wooten. <laughs> one guess what language that is for you, Rick. I'm guessing Klingon. You are correct. Damn it. Woo! It either means my good buddy and co-host, or, damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a nostril licking cabbage farmer, but I'm not totally sure. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping for the second. I thought I had you. Last episode, you guessed that my horrible Hindi was Klingon, so I had to go with Klingon this episode. How the heck are you? That's awesome. I'm good. I'm good. It's been uh, it's been some crazy times out here in the West Coast. You know, we've had all those fires we've been talking about for a couple of weeks. Those have all kind of died down, but now we've got all of a sudden this crazy cold snap going through California and freezing everybody's butts off. So this Arctic Express thing is going to make it all the way out here? It sounds like it is, and I, I can tell you at least uh, where I'm living right now, it is cold in the morning. It was uh, it was down to the high 40s the other night, Are which you if, you know, we have any listeners on the, the East Coast. They're smacking you through their podcast player. 40 <laughs> degrees, you lush. Yeah, well, we pay for good weather here, so, you know. You know what else we pay for? Amazon Prime. So I saw this. I'm super excited, Rick. Man in the High Castle's final season starts this weekend. I am super oh, excited. Yeah. It's season four, and I am loving it. In fact, I just watched the last episode of season three again just to get ready for it. For folks who aren't familiar with it, it's set in the 1960s in an alternate reality where Nazi Germany and Japan won World War II. So it's 20 years right. after the war and the Nazis control sort of the everything east of the Rockies and the Japanese control everything west of the Rockies. And there are some resistance fighters, but they're propelled by these mysterious films. It's like those old, you know, newsreel things that show alternate realities, realities where the U.S. and its allies won World War II. It is really weird. Uh, End of season three, the Nazis were trying to set up a portal so that they could go conquer other realities. So super crazy sci-fi stuff, but it's a lot of fun. So so here's the crazy thing. You know that I am a huge Philip K. Dick fan, mm -hmm. and uh, Philip K. Dick actually wrote this book. Right. Um, it, uh, it, and you know, we've talked about this before. I've always loved his writing, but he wasn't a great storyteller. So when you, when you go through his movies, he's great about setting up this environment, but he doesn't really tell the beginning and the end of the story. Right. So, you know, when I saw the first season of the show, you remember, I was so excited about it. I was telling you all about it, but I wasn't sure how they're going to go anywhere with it because it captured everything out of the book. But I've been really impressed at how they've, they've done this and they've interpreted that Philip K. Dick book and just morphed it into such a better story than than I think he even wrote. Folks, you got to check it out. It's on Amazon Prime, Man in the High Castle. It's here, so watch it. The meme warfare between Gen Z and boomers seems to just be escalating by the day now. Exactly. So, so you know, I've got, I've got 
two teenage kids and so i uh, two teenage boys and i try and keep current with what's going on so that you know i can i can at least have conversations with them and this idea of this arson frog i've heard about it from them but yeah you know, i hadn't really looked into it until i saw this article on wired and it really is a fine point on the challenges between one generation and the next generation in this particular case it's gen z and the boomers and uh there was a there was kind of this you know joke that got posted and it was uh some signs that somebody had found in a store and it said something to the effect of you know, thank goodness I don't have to hunt for my own food. I don't even know where tacos live. And so, you know, people were laughing and then, you know, somebody from Gen Z, you know, kind of, you know, made a joke about how it's boomer humor. And then, um, you know, somebody then chimed right back up and said, you know, to be fair, you know, all, if somebody took a frog, painted it blue and put arson below it, Gen Z would be laughing at it anyways. So what happens? Boom, somebody did, somebody did it. <laughs> yeah. And then a whole bunch of people, particularly on TikTok, then adopted the arson frog and made it their profile. And so it's become its own thing and it's taken a life of its own. And it's really just making fun of all the, the boomers out there who are harassing the Gen Z for laughing at silly stuff, yeah. which look, every generation has done it. I mean, how, how many silly things do we laugh about when we were kids? Reminds me of this whole thing with, okay, boomer. It's like boomer. Boomers put down millennials and Gen Zs all the time, and they're completely ridiculous assertions that they make. And now they're getting a little bit of their own medicine through this uh, sort of meme. So you, you and I have talked a lot about how each generation complains that the subsequent generation is lazy and doesn't want to work hard and isn't into delaying gratification and that kind of thing. And I just came across a report on a study showing that in tests of delayed gratification, millennials do by far better than baby boomers in yeah. delay. So um, they're just as hardworking as the baby boomers or we Gen Xers were at the same age. So let's just put an end to all that baloney. This I thought was a joke, Rick. There is a VR crowdfunding company called Veal Real that is bringing smell-o-vision to virtual reality. Apparently that company, they have actually made this attachment using magnets, attaches to the bottom of your VR headset and has like a screen in front of it that will then spray the smell of whatever's in the game or <laughs> What's ever in the movie into your face. And it will do like wind and cold air and you know steam and what have you. And, and you know, to me, this was one of those like, oh my God, have we not learned from the past? Because if you remember when we were kids, they came out with all kinds of crazy stuff. They had theaters that would like have fans going and then smell a vision and you know, shaking chairs, and they tried all kinds of stuff and they all failed. But yet companies keep trying to do this. And I I really I don't need this. I, I don't know about you, but this is not something that I feel like I in my life. It says you can try out pre-made scent profiles of various movies and aromatherapy programs or create your own interpretation of Thanos' genocidal musk. Gross. <laughs> All right. Well, we do have to take our first break here, folks. So when we come back, it's time for the good, the bad, and the marketing. No smell-o-vision required. So hang tight. Hey, Rick and Rick Nation, don't forget to check out our website at rickandrick.com. It's double the Rick in just one click at rickandrick.com. 
All right, Rick and Rick Nation, welcome back to Rick and Rick Rule the World, and it's time for the good, the bad, and the marketing. We're recording this show just a few days after Alibaba's big Singles Day sales extravaganza. Singles Day is every November 11th, so 11-11. And the stats this year are incredible. I, my understanding is that they didn't quite meet the expectations that they were hoping for, but I read that Alibaba pulled in $1 billion in e-commerce sales in its first six 60 seconds, 13 wow. billion in the first hour and 38 billion for singles day, 24 hour period. Now the LA times says that combined Alibaba and JD.com, which is another big Chinese e-commerce site, they together reported more than $60 billion in sales for one day. For comparison, that's six times the sales made on Black Friday and Cyber Monday last year by every US-based online merchant combined. Wow. These are two companies that pulled in $60 billion in one day. So this is truly, truly a phenomenon for folks who aren't familiar with the term. So Singles Day is this annual event. It's kind of like Amazon Prime Day, but it's for Alibaba, which is this huge tech company in China. And Singles Day is a wholly invented holiday that Alibaba created where the idea is to celebrate singledom. So if you're single, it's a chance for to give yourself presents. Go on a shopping spree and celebrate. That's incredible. You know, it's just, it's just staggering to think about how a whole holiday season can be wrapped up into one day. That's incredible. The Thanksgiving holiday is fast approaching and Pringles is up to its old pranks. What'd they do this year? Oh my gosh. You know, we have joked before about Pringles. In fact, I think this goes back to when they did that Super Bowl commercial where they had, yes. you know, the jalapeno Stackers. chip and the barbecue chicken and the pizza and it's jalapeno barbecue chicken pizza. I, I loved that commercial. Well, they kind of continue with that over time. And if you remember last year, they had a full Thanksgiving dinner. So you right. get, you know, cranberries, mashed potatoes, turkey, all Pringles. And they tasted like that. Well, this year they decided to hold my beer. I got this. <laughs> and so they've made a turducken Pringles. <laughs> that is just so wrong. Which is, you know, it's a duck stuffed inside a chicken stuffed inside of a turkey. And so they have decided to make a Pringles out of it that tastes like that. I'm not sure how that tastes. I, I What do you think? I'm holding out for the impossible turkey Pringles. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I don't know. I don't think this is for everybody, uh, but for us experimental people, I'm down. Let's give this a try. I think we should try it live on the air. You know, I'm wondering if they can at least create some incremental revenue if they target vegans with beetloaf flavor Pringles at some point. <laughs> Awesome. Also, in the vein of Franken foods, CNN reports that Post Foods and Hostess are turning Twinkies into a breakfast cereal because, you know, <laughs> of course they are. Right. Um, and so this is going to be a new cereal. I think it comes out in early December and it's supposed to taste like Twinkies. And what's interesting is some of the reactions in social media. I think I saw this on Fox. So on Instagram, one person wrote, between Popeye's chicken sandwich and this crap, we all going to die before 55. <laughs> I mean, on Twitter, another one was nicer. It was positive. They tweeted, dreams do come true. Twinkie's cereal is now officially a thing. But there was a doctor who tweeted, really? Kellogg just lost a lawsuit over all the sugar in their cereal. Now Posts wants our children to eat Twinkie's cereal? How tone deaf are they? Which makes me oh, point wow. out that considering Twinkies first became a sensation among a certain generation when they were young and they grew up into the senior executives at Hostess and Post that gave the green light to Twinkie's cereal, I think that this cereal could just appropriately be called OK Boomer. <laughs> 
I was I was actually wondering if maybe, you know, they're headquartered here in California and, you know, after the recent laws changed, they all got stoned and decided, hey, you know, what would be awesome is if Twinkies were a cereal. <laughs> That's about the only rational thing I can I can put together here. This is ridiculous. And I'm just not digging the idea. When we come back from this next break, it is time for loaded questions. So don't go anywhere. Okay, so welcome back to Rick and Rick Rule the World. I'm Rick Matheson with Rick Wooten, and it is time for... Loaded questions. We've got three questions today. First up, in 2020, next year, it's estimated that deep fake audio and video will cost businesses A, any chance at a Grammy Award, B, 2% of annual profits, C, a quarter of a billion dollars, or D, three snaps, two crackles, and seven pops. I'm going to guess C, a quarter of a billion dollars. You are correct. So a According to Forrester Research, cyber criminals and foreign threat actors will use machine learning to enhance existing cyber attacks to better fool users, costing businesses over a quarter of a billion dollars. Using deep fakes, you could presumably call up a company and pretend to be their CEO or pretend to be somebody of importance. It's actually happening already. So there was a case this last summer or spring where a person in accounts payable receives this email, quote unquote, from the quote unquote CEO asking for this payment to be made on something. And then the guy gets a voice message and he picks it up and the fraudsters have put together. Could have been deep fake. Nobody's confirmed this yet, but the person in AP was convinced it was the CEO and he went ahead and paid the fraudulent invoice. And I want to say it was hundreds of thousands of dollars in losses. Wow. Question two, according to Google search data, which is likely to be more influential to consumers when making holiday gift purchases this season? Season. A, free shipping. B, reviews from family and friends. C, social media endorsements from either Billy Ellish, Chance the Rapper, or Lizzo. Or D, <laughs> lowest prices. I'm going to guess price. You are correct. According to Search Engine Journal, Google data shows that lowest prices will rank among the most influential to U.S. consumers this holiday season, along with free shipping, sales, discounts and promos, and customer reviews. Among the least influential, reviews from family and friends, loyalty oh. rewards programs, and and popularity on social media. I would not have guessed that. So I find this a little hard to believe. Well, you know what? People often in focus groups when being asked questions like this will say what they like to think they think as opposed to what they really think. And I was reading that between focus group interviews and neuromarketing technologies like fMRI, fMRI scans were much more predictive of a purchase from the consumer. The least predictive was focus group input. In fact, in this one case, study, they showed a Cheetos commercial where Chester Cheetos plays a prank on someone in the spot and every person in the focus group said they hated it. The brain scans of those same people showed they loved it. They were opining that the person just didn't want to admit it because the prank was kind of mischievous. And so they must have felt uncomfortable saying, I like it, but their brain showed something completely different. And I think that could be in play, although it says Google search data, but I have a feeling that if ask these questions, folks would lean toward saying exactly what they say here, which is, I only care about lowest prices. I care about free shipping. I really don't care what social media endorsements it gets. When in reality, it might be the exact opposite. Okay, question number three. According to eMarketer, which of the following should be causing retailers some serious concern this holiday season? A, the 2019 holiday calendar. B, increased U.S. tariffs on imported goods from China. C, the crowded holiday advertising environment. Or D, the retail 
retail apocalypse. I'm going to guess that it's the crowded holiday advertising. Good guess, but no. In this case, the answer is actually A, the 2019 holiday calendar. So while all of these can certainly be reason for concern among retailers, eMarketers points out that consumers will have six fewer days for holiday shopping between Thanksgiving and Christmas this year. Last year, I think there were, were several additional days. This year, the way things fall, you got six fewer days to get all your presents. It'll be interesting to see how things plan out, but retailers should definitely be getting this shortened season into their, their messaging mix this year. Because otherwise, the Grinch is going to run off at their holiday profits. Okay, well, I think that's going to wrap it up. Be sure to tune in next time for the one show where everybody's name is Rick. And everybody rules the world. <laughs> <laughs>